Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, from the makers of Cold Water Omo, business reports were neatly stacked on Samuel Hammond's desk in his well-furnished study. The solitary table lamp cast a warm glow over the room. It was quiet. The flames from the log fire flickered in the broad hearth. There was an atmosphere of quiet contentment. This, one felt, must be the home of a well-educated, civilized man of sober habits. A home where peace always reigned. And then... The silence was shattered by a terrible scream and a crash. Seconds later, the door to the study burst open. Samuel Hammond rushed in, slammed the heavy door behind him, and began piling furniture against it, barricading himself in. Got to. Got to keep him out. Got to. Got to. The Avengers. John Steed and Emma Peel. The Avengers. Coldwater Omo has really powerful cleaning action. Mrs. Senior discovered this. My husband wears overalls to work, and they come back very sort of greasy and dirty. My girl actually does them by hand in the tub, but she uses cold water Omo, and they're fine, and they come up perfectly clean. They say once an Omo user, always an Omo user? I've stuck to cold water Omo, and I'm still using it. It's the strongest washing powder I've used. Cold water Omo cleans best. Beautiful Jill St. John knows the value of the creamy, moisturizing lather of Lux. Choose Lux to keep your skin soft and smooth. Lux, a beauty treatment as you bathe. Episode one of this story, in which John Steed and Emma Peel start their investigations into the strange case of... 
A Deadly Gift. Samuel Hammond, a large man in his mid-fifties, had the demeanour of an ex-army officer. And normally, his training made him a disciplined, thoughtful man who rarely panicked. But that evening in his study, all calmness was thrown to the winds. He worked like a madman, piling everything he could lay his hands on, a low settee, tables and chairs, in front of the heavy door. When he built an effective barricade, he paused and listened. Nothing. Nothing at all. He's gone away. He mopped his wet forehead with a spotlessly white handkerchief and moved towards the desk, reaching out for the telephone. I must get help. I must. His nervous fingers drummed the polished wood of the desk as he waited for the call to be answered. He picked up an unusually shaped fountain pen and tapped anxiously. Come on. Come on. There was no reply. And then another sound became audible, the sound of enormous, clumping footsteps. Hammond dropped the phone back into its cradle. He reached for a large shotgun on the wall. He opened the desk drawer with trembling fingers, found two shells which he loaded into the gun, and briskly snapped the barrel back into place. The footsteps, which had got louder, didn't stop at the door. They broke through it, pushing aside all the furniture as though it wasn't there. No! No! Hammond raised the shotgun and emptied both barrels at the enormous figure of a man who appeared through the wreckage. The figure stopped in front of the desk. There was a curious whip-like sound as it raised one arm and brought it down on Hammond. And the shotgun fell to the carpet. The metallic barrel twisted into a curved loop like a piece of soft wire. In John Steed's apartment, Mrs. Peel sat staring pensively at two small interlocking pieces of metal. They lay on a green baize card table. They represented one of those irritating puzzles which, if you get the right combination of moves, can be parted with the greatest of ease. If you don't get the right movements, they become even more twisted into each other until you either throw the puzzle across the room and go quietly mad, or carry on for another futile hour or so. John Steed approached. Hmm. Thinking it out first, Mrs. Peel. I've tried everything. It isn't possible, Steed. I've moved through all the permutations, and it isn't possible to separate those two pieces of metal. Hmm. Want a bet? You think you can? I can make you believe I have, create the illusion. Oh, stop talking in riddles. Well, we're talking in puzzles, much the same thing. Uh, want to place that bet? You're on. The usual? Champagne supper on me, if you can do it. Steed picked up the two pieces of metal. He held the end of each in either hand, and with a flamboyant gesture, which would have done credit to a professional conjurer, threw his arms into the air. Seconds later, two pieces of metal landed on the green cloth table. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Now you see it, now you don't. It's a question of know-how. Oh, excuse me. Steve? Oh. Oh, yes, Mother. No, 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 she's here. Uh, yes, I see. 
Yes, very well. Um, can, you, can you give me that address again? Steed drew a fountain pen from his pocket. Yes. Yes, I've got that. Right. Yes, we'll report. My... Mother? Yes. Work. Come on, Mrs. Peel. Let's uh, leave the playthings and get down to business. Right. But can you explain how you did that? That trick? Give away a free champagne supper. Oh, very well. Steed slipped a hand into his cup and produced the original pieces of metal firmly welded together. He threw them onto the table alongside the separated pieces. Steed, you cheated. Hmm, ever since Eaton, life itself is an illusion, Mrs. Beale. Uh, shall we go? In the study of Samuel Hammond's house, John Steed prodded with the end of his umbrella at the broken hinge of the heavy door. He moved about the room, taking in every detail with a professional air. The body of Samuel Hammond had been removed, but the twisted shotgun still lay on the desk. Interesting, isn't it, Mrs. Beale? What on earth is it? Shotgun. Rather unique. Wherever you aim, you'll hit the chandelier. Hmm. I thought you might like to check on Mother's files. Should I recap? Please do. First victim, Walter Carlson, found dead in his apartment on the 5th, fractured skull. Number two, Andrew Denham in his penthouse on the 6th, fractured skull. And last night, Samuel Hammond... Don't tell me, fractured skull. Broken neck. Oh, sorry. Well, here's the list of their holdings. Carlson was chairman of commercial imports, mm. Denham head of auto engineering, and Hammond on the board of electrical industries. Hmm. All the way up in the top bracket. Where the vultures gather. Meaning? Well, it's difficult to reach the top without making enemies. Could it be revenge? Some hired assassin? No. No, professional killers don't use a battering ram to get to their victims. Whoever came through that door was in a wild frenzy. I suppose Hammond wasn't expecting anyone. Seen an appointment book? Well, there is a desk diary, but at the time of death, one wouldn't have expected a visitor. At least, not that type of visitor. There's a note down here, Harachi, 2.30. No other interest. Mm. Well, it looks like a dead end. Correction, three dead ends. Yes. It makes one wonder if there'll be a fourth, doesn't it? <laughs> At the entrance of the block of buildings marked Administration Industrial Developments Limited, Great Britain, the security guard, who was quietly dozing on duty, heard a very distinctive sound. He shook the sleep from his head with a sudden gesture, wiped his eyes with the back of his hand, and gathered his thoughts. The sound approached. Hey, hey you, who are you? The footsteps grew louder. Lumbering along the corridor appeared the figure of an enormous man. His black coat was flapping behind him, his shoulders massive, the black trilby hat pulled down low over his eyes. His hands, hanging stiffly at his sides, were contained in black silk gloves. Stop! Stop! Do you hear me? The figure advanced without varying its pace. It approached the guard and... The noise didn't penetrate to the inner office where Lambert, a well-groomed, high-powered executive, was talking on the telephone. Have you got that figure, Miss Forbes? Yes, Mr. Lambert. How's our Archie deal? Yeah, well, I'm seeing their representative this afternoon. Yeah, excuse me a moment. The other phone's ringing. Lambert? What? Well, why call me? 
You've got a dozen men in security. Now, don't bother me again. Are you still there, Miss Forbes? Yes, indeed, sir. What seems to be the trouble, Mr. Lambert? That was security. It seems that someone has got in without a pass. Nothing to do with that. And now, look here. About that estimate. Yes, I want the whole cost of the first quarter. And... What the devil? Hold on a moment, Miss Forbes. What is it? Just hold on. Lambert pushed back his chair and stood up, heading for the door. But before he got there, a gloved fist crashed through the wooden panel. Lambert reacted by rushing to the desk and opening a drawer. He grabbed a revolver and pointed it at the enormous figure that burst through the door. Who, who, who are you? What do you want? Keep away or I'll... Lambert emptied the entire barrel at the advancing figure. It continued relentlessly, stopped in front of Lambert. No! 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 Mr. Lambert! Mr. Lambert, what's happened? Are you all right? What is it, Mr. Lambert? Can you hear me, Mr. Lambert? Mr. Lambert! Some hours later, John Steed and Emma Peel arrived on the scene. Steed walked through the broken doorway. Extraordinary. Much easier to have just used the handle. The guy who was knocked out said the man was enormously big. Mm. And he was bulletproof, too. Look. Steed picked up two blunt-nosed bullets from the carpet. These bullets must have been fired at point-blank range. They merely flattened themselves on the target. A bulletproof man, and he got victim number four. Adds to the confusion a bit, doesn't it, Mrs. Peel? With a final heave on the spanner, Ronnie Miller finishes changing his flat tire in just 6 minutes, 32 seconds. Well done, Ronnie. You play any other sports? I wash the car once in a while. You look very fresh, Ronnie. What deodorant do you use? Shield for sportsmen, of course. Why? It works. Shield for sportsmen deodorant won't stick, sting, or stain. In aerosol or roll-on, it's made to keep sportsmen cool and dry. Think what it can do for you. There's no dirt that can stand up to the cleaning power of cold water Omo. If you use cold water Omo, it comes out very, very easily indeed. Says Mrs. Sutherland of Fiennikin. Once an Omo user, always an Omo user. It cleans best. The Avengers. Listen every evening, Monday to Friday, to John Steed and Emma Peel, The Avengers. Brought to you by the makers of Cold Water Omo. The Avengers. Donald Monat as John Steed and Diane Appleby as Emma Peel. Is adapted and directed by Dennis Falbig and produced by David Gooden. Now, from the makers of Cold Water Omo, 
John Steed and Emma Peel walked into the wrecked office at the Industrial Development Limited and looked around them. Steed reached out with his umbrella and touched the shattered hinge of the door. Extraordinary. Would have been so much easier to have used the handle. Hmm. The guard who was knocked out says the man was enormously big, nearly seven feet tall, wearing dark glasses, hat, gloves. Yeah, sounds like something thought up by Warner Brothers in 1940. Hmm. The odd thing is that in spite of the maze of corridors, he knew exactly where to find Lambert. And he was bulletproof, too. Look, two flattened bullets. Must have been fired at point-blank range. Adds to the confusion of it, doesn't it, Mrs. Peel? The Avengers. John Steed and Emma Peel. The Avengers. an OMO user, always an OMO user. This is what Mrs. Lyons of Yellowwood Park, Durban has to say. It is the one powder that does everything. Well, for me, I know that. Yes. There's so many things that I've, I've used and experimented with just to prove cold water OMO, really to put it to the ultimate test, you know, and I find that it's what's come up to all my expectations. Yes. Cold water OMO Cleans best. Wall's Ice Cream presents the new Pink Pussycat song. We've got strawberry and vanilla, chocolate hot. That's on inside. White milky chocolate is the way you like. All over the outside, we're Wall's Pink Pussycat now. Episode 2 of this story, in which John Steed and Emma Peel tangle with some Japanese wrestlers and realize that the skill of karate can be a deadly gift. Mother had given Steed and Mrs. Peel the task of investigating the mysterious deaths of Walter Carson, Andrew Denham, and Samuel Hammond. All had been killed violently by a vicious blow to the head. All had been very important businessmen, heads of commercial and engineering companies. And now there was a fourth death, James Lambert, whose body lay on the carpet covered by a sheet. John Steed threw the two flattened bullets down on the desk and looked around him. Uh, nasty. You say that Lambert was on the telephone when all this took place? Yes, that's right. Miss Forbes, company secretary. She heard it all. The crashing as the door was broken down, Lambert's screams, the revolver shots, and then a curious whip-like sound. Whip-like? Well, that's what she said. After that, Lambert groaned and the line went dead. Hmm. Well, let's see what the papers on the desk have got to offer. Uh, looks like the usual business stuff. In-tray, out-tray. Ah, what's this? Mrs. Peel, you remember Samuel Hammond's diary? He had mm -hmm. an appointment with some business people called Harachi, didn't they? That's right. They're Japanese electronics firm. Uh, he must have done business with them, and so did Lambert. Look, 
Mrs. Peel took a letter from Steed and read... Honorable gentlemen, our representative, Mr. Tosomo, will be in your capital London city on the 12th. Would you kindly lift the telephone for the appointment? We remain obediently and faithfully, etc., on behalf of Hirachi Corporation, etc., etc. Well, isn't that nicely worded? Well, it would appear that Mr. Lambert did lift the telephone. He made an appointment for three o'clock. Now, let me think. Hirachi were in the news a few weeks back, weren't they? They've developed some new circuit element to replace the transistor. Really? Well, it could revolutionize the electronics industry. Lambert may have been competing for the European concession. Steed moved over to the sheet which covered the body and lifted it with the end of his umbrella. Well, this honorable gentleman's out of the race now. It's difficult to compete with a broken neck. Mrs. Peel moved forward and looked down at the body. One second, Steed. Look at the position of his head. He's been hit from the front, yet yeah, there's not the slightest bruise on his face. Conclusion? Honourable Lady Conclusion? Yinko. I beg your pardon? Yinko. Honourable Lady, mind translating for ignorant gentlemen? My Japanese is a bit rough. It's a blow from the deadly art of karate, delivered by an expert. Breaks the neck easier than a hangman's noose. Oh, were there many experts around? Mm -hmm, just a few. Barely a handful in the whole of this country. Then we better consult one of them, hadn't we? Characteristically, John Steed handed the assignment over to Mrs. Peel. And she, also characteristically, followed through with efficiency, finding herself in the corridor of Sensai's Karate Dojo Gymnasium. She approached a beaded curtain, parted it, and entered the practice room as Sensai himself refereed about. Mrs. Peel walked up to the practice mat and tapped Sensai on the shoulder. I'm Emma Peel. Mrs. Emma Peel. Wait. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Now, interrupting, so, please state your business, Mrs. Uh... Peel. I'm interested in karate. Interest is for the onlooker. From students, we require dedication. We have nightly attendance for practice and demonstration. We never tolerate absentees. Well, I, pr I appreciate that. Then appreciate to Mrs. Peel that karate, unlike judo, is not a sport. It is a science, an art, a discipline. The word karate... Yes, I know. It means empty hands. But the hands, though empty, can become more deadly than any weapon. It is the concentration of force. Like this. The development of skill and courage. Nothing can stop it. Come to this practice block. Sensai led Mrs. Peel across to a large block of wood. With shattering force, he brought his fist down upon it. Mrs. Peel winced. Sensai smiled and flexed his fingers as though he'd been patting a feather pillow. Some of my students can split a roof tile with one finger. And one, whom we call Oyama, the tall mountain, can shatter a door with a single stroke. How interesting. So you see that it is difficult for a woman to compete in such company. It's the idea of the competition that appeals to me. Then I suggest that perhaps 
fencing would be more suitable to your purpose? Oh, forgive me if I disagree, Mr... Uh... Here, I am known as Sensei, the knowledgeable one. Sensei gave Mrs. Peel a curt bow and clapped his hands. From the far end of the room, a white-clad figure appeared. It was a woman dressed in practice robes. She moved swiftly and silently towards them. This is Oyuka. And Oyuka means? The immovable one. Oyuka, this is Mrs. Emma Peel. How do you do? Mrs. Peel is leaving us now. Oh, what a pity. I'm interested to know that you don't encourage women. Um, presumably Oyuka is an expert in karate? I am a third dan at judo. Oh, a first at karate. There are few men who could pass me if I didn't wish them to. And few women? No other women. Oh, to me that sounds just the teeny weeniest bit like a challenge. I should not try it, Obaki. Obaki? It means foolish one. Mrs. Peel is invited to try. <laughs> I've never been able to resist a straight fight. Mrs. Peel placed her handbag on a nearby stool and took a step to the left to pass Oyuka. Oyuka made a simple karate attack. <sighs> Mrs. Peel countered with a judo defense and attack. <sighs> Oyuka drew back her left arm and with palm uppermost thrust her hand out to land a blow beneath Mrs. Peel's nose. <sighs> Mrs. Peel grabbed Oyuka's wrist from above with her left hand, swinging it back. Oyuka doubled up. Mrs. Peel brought her right hand down firmly on Oyuka's neck. Mrs. Peel sidestepped, got a firm hold of Oyuka, and threw her through the Japanese screen. You fool, Oyuka. You attacked her as a woman. But she has the skill of a man. A bad mistake, Oyuka. Oyuka, the immovable one. You should rename her, I think. What's Japanese for amateur? Anyone know? While Mrs. Peel was brushing up on her karate, John Steed was paying a visit to the Harachi Corporation. He walked swiftly into the main entrance, nonchalantly swinging his umbrella. At the reception desk, he raised his bowler politely and addressed the secretary. Oh, excuse me. I uh, represent industrial development. Uh, yes, sir? Uh, Mr. Tosama's expecting me. A three o'clock appointment? Oh, yes. Please be seated, Mr. Lambert. Ah, well, I'm afraid I'm not, Mr. Lambert. John Steed. Uh, Mr. Lambert is regrettably indisposed. You have a letter of authority, then? Oh, yes, indeed. Here we are. The young lady read the letter quietly, picked up the phone, and made a brief call. Mr. Tusamu? Yes? Mr. Lambert is indisposed. Mr. John Steed is here from Industrial Development. Please, ask him to come in. You may go in, Mr. Steed. Steed looked around him at the many screens of the reception room. The door is the glass panel with the black dragon on it, Mr. Steed. Oh, yes, of course. I suppose I should have guessed. Uh, thank you. Ah, Mr. Steed. Do come in. Pleased to be seated. Thank you. You will forgive briefness of meeting. Time is short and there are many representatives. Oh, I do understand. You are acquainted with our recent development? Well, I'm aware that you've produced a new circuit element to replace the transistor, and I'm here to negotiate the rights for concession. This heralds a new age, Mr. Steed. Computers no bigger than a matchbox. Pocket television. 
Radio is smaller than a wristwatch. You have a worldwide patent? Hardly necessary. The manufacture of the element is complex and would require capital outlay of 50 millions. Ten years before we have a competitor. So the concession will go to whichever company offers you the largest slice of profit. I suppose it's pointless to ask what offers you had already. <laughs> Regret that other competitors cannot be disclosed. Ah, well, naturally, I shall have to consult my board, but I'm sure our offer will be favorable. Of course, we can't compete with your production facilities. May I look at these photographs of your plant on the walls? Of course. Allow me to explain them. While Tosano was giving facts and figures with his back turned to the desk, Steed quickly flipped open a folder containing a list of competitors. He then raised his umbrella. The handle swung back and revealed a miniature camera. The shutter moved silently. Smart work, Steed. Yes? Your next appointment is here, Mr. Tosano. Thank you. Mr. Steed is just leaving. Well, you'll be hearing from us shortly, Mr. Tosano. Goodbye. Thank you. This way out, please. Goodbye. Tosano turned to the glass-fronted door on the other side of the wall. Footsteps were heard approaching. Framed against the glass was the shadow of an enormous man, at least seven feet tall. Just got out in time, didn't you, Steve? You've got people coming, and you want your kitchen to look specially clean. But is everything really clean? Not only where people notice, but in those hard-to-reach cracks and crevices like around the sink. That's the sort of dirt that's hardest to shift if you don't have Vim 99. Only Vim has deep-cleaning bleach to get right down into cracks and deep-set stains, leaving everything really clean and germ-free. For total cleanness you can trust, use Vim. Vim 99, the strong one. They say once an OMA user, always an OMA user. Here's Mrs. Senior of Mboggan Tweeney. I've stuck to cold water, Irma, and I'm still using it. It's the strongest washing powder I've used. There's no dirt or stains that can stand up to cold water OMO. The Avengers. Listen every evening, Monday to Friday, to John Steed and Emma Peel, The Avengers, brought to you by the makers of Cold Water Omo. The Avengers, Donald Monat as John Steed and Diane Appleby as Emma Peel, is adapted and directed by Dennis Falbig and produced by David Gooden. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, from the makers of Cold Water Omo, 
John Steed, in the office of the Harachi Corporation, appeared to be very interested in what Tosamo, the Japanese manager, was saying about his business concern. Our research division was established in 1960 to produce an inexpensive record player. That was just the start. Most successful. Very high profit. Enabled us to extend. Look, the photographs here on the wall. While Tosamo turned with his back to the desk, Steed quickly whipped open the folder that contained the list of all the competitors and snapped open the handle of his umbrella. Inside was a miniature camera. The shutter moved silently. Yes? Your next appointment is here, Mr. Tosamo. Thank you. Mr. Steed is just leaving. Well, you'll be hearing from me shortly. Goodbye. This way out, please, Mr. Steed. Steed left the office by the other door. As he did so, Tosamo heard the sound of footsteps. The shadow of an enormous man became outlined against the glass panel, filling the entire doorway. Tosamo didn't even look up as the door slowly opened. The Avengers. John Steed and Emma Peel, The Avengers. So many women say, once an Omo user, always an Omo user. Because there's just no dirt that can stand up to the cleaning power of cold water Omo. It solves Mrs. Sutherland's washing problems for her. Very dirty oil or grease moss. Yes. If you use cold water Omo, there's no trouble at all. It comes out very, very easily indeed. There's no washing problem too difficult for cold water Omo. Over one million South African housewives have proved it. Lux is the beauty soap chosen by beautiful film stars around the world. They choose Lux for its rich, moisturizing lather. Lux, a beauty treatment as you bathe. Episode 3 of this story, in which John Steed and Emma Peel meet several more disturbing characters who all seem to possess a deadly gift. John Steed and Emma Peel could only proceed on the little evidence they had in this rather curious case. Four men had died, and each in very similar circumstances all with either fractured skulls or broken necks. To Mrs. Peel, it looked like the work of one man, a superb karate expert. She'd investigated several judo and karate studios in London. The most interesting one was Sensai's gymnasium. Her brief encounter there with Oyuka, the immovable one, a woman expert, had proved quite satisfying. Mrs. Peel's performance had certainly qualified her for membership. She permitted herself a grin of pleasure as she recalled the amazed look on Oyuka's face as she picked herself up, having been thrown through some Japanese screens. Perhaps the look still showed on Mrs. Peel's face when she turned up at Steed's apartment. 
and swallow the cream, Mrs. Peel. Hmm? What's that, Steve? Well, you look positively smug. <laughs> Not really. Just a petty minor triumph. Bigger things to come, I hope. How are things with you? Well, come into the kitchen, I'll show you. Steed led the way into his kitchen. There, on the draining board, was a photographic enlarger and a recently developed print. Steed picked it out of the fixing solution and washed it under the tap, drying it on some blotting paper. Interesting. A list of names and firms. All in competition for the rights of concession to Mr. Tusama's business at the Harachi Corporation. I interviewed the said honourable gentleman earlier. Or rather, he interviewed me. And the concession goes to whatever firm offers the largest profits. He was cagey and wouldn't say what offers he'd had. Ah, uh, we have a saying, Mr. Steed, in darkness, ceiling is always higher. So you had to pinch the information. How'd you do it? Well, as Tosama might say, um... We have a proverb. He who talks too much forgets his listener. <laughs> now, that's not Confucius. All right, you are. John Steed, actually. How did you get on with the karate mob? Oh, I made out all right. They'll soon be having to find a Japanese name for me. I'm learning fast. Mm, going through with it? Mm-hmm. How often do they get together? Nightly. Is there a list of members? Well, that wouldn't help. They all have these wretched pseudonyms. I dealt with Oyoka, the immovable one, who was quickly removed. I can't wait to meet Oyama, the tall mountain. Oh, come now, Mrs. B. What's he got that I haven't? A hobby. Uh, you mean photography, like this? No, splitting down doors, like this. Mm, destructive. Steed finished drying the photographic print and pursed his lips with interest. Mm. Well, now, isn't that interesting? Let me see. 2.15 p.m. commercial imports, 2.30 p.m. electrical industries, 2.45 p.m. United Automation, 3 p.m. Industrial Developments, 3.15 p.m. Jeffcoat Products Limited, 3.30 Auto Engineering. Mm, yes, and victim number one was Carlson, negotiator for commercial imports, 2. Denham, Auto Engineering, 3. Hammond, Electrical Industries, 4. Lambert, Industrial Developments, as they say... But if you kill off one negotiator, they replace him with another. No, it's not so easy. There's a lot of paperwork, meetings, discussions, and Tassana's only in London for 36 hours. Let me see that list again. We're left with Jeffcoat Products and United Automation. Any preference, Mrs. Peel? Hmm. I think I'll say Jeffcoat Products. It doesn't sound so, well, so automatic as United Automation, does it, Steve? Later, in the small showroom of Jeffcoat Products, Mrs. Peel watched with fascination and amusement various toys on a table. <laughs> How cute. How very, very cute. Everyone's too amused at that particular model, Miss... Uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Emma Peel. Ah, yes, Mrs. Peel. So pleased to meet you. Thank you. What are these retailers? Four pounds. Mm -hmm. Our terms are very favourable with orders above a gross. Well, I'm certainly taken with all the range, but I would like a word with Mr. Jeffcoat. Ah, and how lucky you are. But here he is now. How do you do? How do you do? Sorry if I've kept you. And uh, Mrs. Emma Peel, Mr. Jeffcoat, if you'll just excuse me now. Yes, yes, of course. Ah, uh, now, Mrs. Peel. I gather that you uh, represent the Goringer store. Yes, we just opened a toy department. Well, I'm sure we can find plenty to interest you. We've no equals in the field of electronic toys. These, for instance. Oh, here's something we're all very proud of. Jeff could bend down and lifted a small woolly dog and placed it on the table. It comes when it's called. Go on, try it. 
Oh, all right. Here. Here, boy. Come here. It works. It's walking towards me. How marvelous. Oh, of course, novelty is the only attraction of our business. We produce everything from tea makers to radar equipment. And with the new advance in electronics, we've lots more ideas on the drawing board. Have you got a catalog? Yes, I've brought you one. Here you are. And uh, now, will you excuse me? I'm awfully sorry, but I'm afraid I have an appointment. Oh, not to worry, because, curiously enough, so have I. I hope we shall see you again. Oh, I'm sure you will, Mr. Jeffcoat. I'm sure you will. What Mrs. Peel and Mr. Jeffcoat didn't tell each other was what their respective appointments were. Mrs. Peel's was to go off to a routine practice at the karate school. She bowed politely to Oyuka, who attempted a withering look, quite lost on Mrs. Peel, and changed into her practice things, taking up her position in the line with the rest of the students. Sensei made an announcement. And now, a demonstration of Tanashawari by a student of whom I am truly proud. A fifth done at judo, a fourth done at karate. Oyama is an example of what can be achieved through practice and dedication. As a gong echoed throughout the lighted area, Oyuka moved forward, carrying a large 18-inch block of hard wood. She took a firm stance and with both hands held out the wood before her. I give you Oyama. Mrs. Peel peered across the shoulders of the surrounding students, looking into the demonstration area. The large figure of a man in traditional robes entered under the lights. He drew back his arm and struck with tremendous force. The man slowly turned and faced his audience. He smiled. It was Jeffcoat. You, um, sure you won't join me, Gilbert? Uh, no, no, I don't. I'm seeing the minister about these research estimates. He's got a nose like a hawk, if that's the correct expression. A bit wrong somewhere, I think, but I understand. Well, how much time can you give me? Oh, uh, about three minutes. No, it's time enough. Now, I just want to know what goes on at United Automation. Well, they produce domestic and industrial contraptions. Do you know who runs it? <laughs> <laughs> I should do. I worked under him for quite a spell. Dr. Armstrong. Why did he leave the ministry? Well, you know what we're doing there. Armstrong refused to tell the official line, felt we should be constructive instead of destructive, had some crazy idea of building some machine for clearing debris in radioactive areas. Top brass said no, but he went ahead. There was an accident, wrecked half the building, lost half his staff, and put himself permanently in a wheelchair. Oh, so they got rid of him. Yes, that's right. With very few tears, I might add. Hmm. Tell me more. Well, I, I, I think Armstrong was born with a slide rule in his mouth. I'm sure his very first words in the cradle were pi r squared. Given a choice between Lord Brigida and his electronic calculator, he'd prefer the equation every time. Well, he's certainly a loser. How does one reach this human computer? It's not easy. He's buried himself in a jungle of gadgetry. I'll need to start pulling a few strings. Then start pulling, Gilbert, old son. Start pulling. In the anteroom of United Automation, 
John Benson crossed over to a panel that contained a television screen. He switched it on and reached for a microphone. On the screen flashed the large, confident face of Dr. Armstrong. He barked out. Well, Benson? I've seen Chusamo again. Go on. There are two offers still to come. Two? Who's the other one? I don't know. I thought the girl was being cooperative. Yes, she is, but it's not easy. He has the names in a confidential file. She's trying. I should be hearing from her soon. All right. When you do, call me at once. Understood? That's all. My patience is exhausted. The TV screen went dead. Benson muttered, That's what another dictator was fond of saying. And look how he ended up. Shield gives a confidence that actually shows. In your eyes. Put on Shield deodorant and it's dry in seconds. That's the way it stays right through the day. Shield never makes you feel sticky. It just protects you and keeps you dry, feminine, fresh. Wear Shield and the only thing you show is confidence. Shield gives a confidence that actually shows. In your eyes. In your eyes. So many women tell us that once an OMO user, always an OMO user. Women like Mrs. Clark of East London. This is certainly the one that I've stuck to. And it's all I get now. Yes, Goldwater OMO cleans best. Over a million housewives have proved it. The Avengers. Listen every evening, Monday to Friday, to John Steed and Emma Peel, The Avengers. Brought to you by the makers of Cold Water Omo. The Avengers. Donald Monat as John Steed and Diane Appleby as Emma Peel. Is adapted and directed by Dennis Falbig and produced by David Gooden. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.